Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 78 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call our participants for tonight, say hello to their listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico! Howdy, y'all. I'm at uh, 4560 now. And leg day. Hey, uh, let's see, 35.73 this week, and I'd say eight of those last hours were just to place the last six pillars I tried to line up. <laughs> Isn't building so wonderful in this game? It's infuriating is what it is. <laughs> All right, so it's going to be a beautiful podcast this week. Later uh... on in this episode, we'll be talking about insiding by telling some personal stories and then offering some suggestions on signs to watch for regarding a potential insider and steps you can take to minimize the damage they can cause. But before we get to all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. Now, uh, Boracua Sincero says, I'm so glad Wildcard Studio started bench-watching the Jurassic Park movies. Raptors pounce things, and they should also make them cling to larger creatures as well, like clinging on to gigas and enraging them faster, maybe. And and opening doors. And opening doors. <laughs> actually, I mean, that clinging idea is actually pretty cool. I would love that, yes. Uh, I'm, like, uh, I'm prepping for the Raptor TLC, man. I'm getting a bloodline going. Same here. No, when I told uh, Serb about it, he 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 just uh, was like, "We're gonna start breeding raptors." So I was like, "Hatch the first egg it's in yeah. the fridge," <laughs> and then it died because something went wrong with our nanny. Oh man! See, never never trust AI. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be the downfall of humanity. Yeah, it, turned, it turned out actually technically it turned out wasn't the uh, nanny. It was our sword. For, uh, it was the sword ferns from the steampunk mod that they just don't affect baby raptors for some reason. Jeez, oh, that's quite a bit of an oversight. Uh, uh, the Beautiful Gamer says, I am a Dublin man. Thanks for featuring and discussing my comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Beautiful Gamer, this is going to be the second week in a row where we'll be uh, bringing up your comment because uh, later on this podcast is going to be talked about. BlazerDude89 said, Whoever suggested all those new weapon types, no. A submachine gun would be nice, but I don't want this turning into Call of Newbie. <laughs> you know, the the I, I realized something though. The the assault rifle is not an assault rifle. It is just a submachine gun with an extended stock and barrel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, next generation gaming says I like to think of the use of crop plots as roads between buildings. As for weapons mounted on saddles, I've always wanted tech turrets on the sides of doads so I can roll up to the front lines, uncurl, and go pew pew pew, just like a droid e a droid echo from Star Wars. Well, Pretty. too late. The uh, the the, dro the are already in the game. They're called the Overseer's Assistants. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Though I still love the idea of using a Doad in PvP. And up before we were wiped uh, back on OS8, I was working on a Doad Bloodline to use in assaults in PvP. Just roll. Well, at least up. it wasn't Yaku's War Pig. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Never did get to test that out. Nope. Never did. And the last YouTube comment of the week, uh, Eric says, I'm really new to ARC, and I'm the kind of guy that likes to stay informed. You guys bring a lot of perspectives to the table. The content quality is superb. I just wish you'd cover consoles and upload to Google Music or iTunes, but keep it up. So, uh, yeah, it's tough because the consoles get everything the PC gets after the fact. So we'd be simply rehashing over and over the patch notes. And we already kind of do that every now and then, unfortunately. 
You know, I've said this before, though. I am slightly interested in knowing what problems that are unique to console uh, that yeah. people face. Because I, I really don't know. I'm ignorant of it. I know there's some more performance limitations, but that's about it. Yeah, indeed. There. So there was a community. The community crunch came out this week, and um, they have a, the contest or showing off your bases, and they'll choose winners. Well, two winners were chosen this week. Um, both got the same spot. And there was somebody in the comment section who seemed to be really salty about it, saying how one of the, the winners was, it was just a shell, there was nothing in it, while their base was fully detailed. But the problem is that since it was on console, they couldn't show everything properly without their, I guess, console crashing or something like that. And they went on for a while on this. I was like, bloody hell, they're taking this kind of seriously. Hmm. All right, so let's move on to threads and tweets. Now, Razoth had a question saying, what is the best way to protect yourself from ESP users? And so he gave us a, a story of what he was going through. Uh, I would suggest you guys read it. It's interesting. But there, there's really no way to fight an ESP user. Good flak helmets. Maybe, well, that's auto-aim more than... That's auto-aim, yeah. Um, somebody knowing where you are at all times is pretty hard to fight. I mean, technically... Well, there, you is, have... there is a little bit of a trick you can do. Most mm-hmm. ESP users have their fil- uh, the If you don't filter your, your ESP right, you can see everything. Like there'll be a mark markers for pipes, auto guns, dinosaurs, everything. So even if they have a, a lot of the extraneous stuff that's not important filtered out, they're still gonna have mm-hmm. things like dinosaurs and other stuff filtered in. Right now, the ESP is gonna usually be color coded if you have a decent program. But if you move quickly enough through a lot of things that are also going to be doing it, they might lose you for a few seconds. Now, mm-hmm. for reference, this is just buying you a few seconds. But I did use this trick in the uh, in the war against uh, uh, bloody hell, what were they called? Best uh, autos. Thank you. I, I was thinking of our tribe name for some reason. I'm like, no, that was us. <laughs> um, the Bastardos. Uh, I used this against one of the Bastardos to. Uh, uh, I basically snuck up. Uh, I I got a I got I uh, got up into the middle of our air core, snuck through it really quickly, pulled down a wall and shot the guy in the he- uh, shot a guy in the head and got the wall back up before one of the other ESP users figured out where I was. If you're doing the PvP ground game, I don't think there's anything you can do. If you're you know fighting on the back of a dino, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, and then you know there are times where you might mistake somebody for using ESP when they really aren't, such as. If they have uh, view distance on low, they'll be able to see somebody running around before, long before the terrain, the trees, and the the plants will spawn in. The rocks also as well. tech elements. Tech elements is a legal form of ESP. I mean, it tells you exactly who's in your vicinity, or it shows well, you I mean, who's it gives in your you an vicinity. Outline of the yeah. person and color codes them to their allegiance. But it makes the PvP a lot easier once they're in range of that uh, tech helmet. I really need a tech helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's really fun it's really tough to do or deal with an esp user but i'd rather deal be up against an esp than an aimbotter that's my personal opinion yeah speaking yeah. of another opinion zunic gaming says delete legacy for the love of our god and he writes i am not sure what the point of having two sets of official servers are I understand they didn't want to ruin people's hard-earned bases, cough, duped, cough, on Legacy, so they kept them going, but 
Man, it's old news. Why not just wipe all legacy and add them to the new cluster? I don't understand why Wildcard is holding on to them like some terrible 25-year-old stepchild that everyone hates, but they still make up excuses why they don't kick him out of the house. Just delete legacy and force the servers onto the new cluster. You will give people a chance to actually find servers that aren't owned by one of the 10 big tribes. Oh, and for everyone that will be like, no, all the big tribes will just take them all over, you are wrong. The size of official PvP right now doesn't allow for the current mega tribes to actually hold all those servers so smaller tribes might have a better chance of growing into a larger tribe before they are griefed to hell. I don't know, gents. Thoughts? Um, I I don't really see it being mutually exclusive. If, if we think launching more servers will help out, they ought to just launch more servers. I don't know if destroying the legacy servers is really going to help that one way or the other. I can't mm-hmm. imagine the legacy even costs them that much at this point. If they're not doing any kind of QA support and the populations are low, then you know, depending on how their billing works with their provider, you know, it's probably not a really heavy uh, cost. Not a lot of CPU power. Just a theory, though. I got nothing to base that on. Well, they are deleting uh, the next round of Alpha uh, Legacy servers on March 9th. They we talked about this in last week's episode of the episode before, where they made the announcement. There is a list on their official server uh, forums. So if you're playing on Legacy, I'd suggest you check them out. So oh, make sure man. your server isn't on that list. I better make sure I don't have any characters on that list. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, last week, I don't remember if I added this into the agenda, but somebody had made a post saying, Wildcard, take the time to read the post here. This is getting ridiculous, and unfortunately that was deleted. However, Jet did respond and said, as we're made aware of exploits and bugs, the team prioritizes them and aims to resolve them as quickly as they can based on that priority. Some tasks are deemed more important than others, and this may affect smaller changes too, but we aim to get multiple fixes in per month, hence why we have multiple servers or client-side updates going out on Steam per week or month. Unfortunately, some issues are more difficult to tackle than others. Character loss related to server transfer and ascension. We recently applied some fixes to this, but it's evident from reports that it's still a current and the team are still trying to resolve them. I don't have an, <laughs> I don't have an ETA or, or when it will be completely solved, but just that it'll continue to remain a priority for us. Unfortunately, it seems to occur under specific networking conditions and we haven't quite figured out the root cause of the problem, which is why it's taken longer to solve than we'd like. Believe me when I say, it's understood how serious this issue is and the loss that is felt. I posted in another thread when this came up a little while ago in regards to some suggestions about players asking us to move some aspects of saved data to account IDs, Steam64 IDs, slash gamertags, etc., rather than characters. This is something that has been spoken about internally and for any case when changing what something is assigned to. Steam ID instead of a character profile, for instance, carries with it either the potential risk of an unforeseen circumstance losing data or potential save incompatibility slash inability to restore old save data in the event of a crash or data corruption. And so we have to consider that very strongly when we decide what to, what to and not to do. We also don't have the systems in place to make some of these changes, and the team wants to ensure we fix problems at the root rather than create another possible point of failure. I understand how this information exactly helps when someone loses their character, but it's where we currently stand with the issue. We'll continue to collect more information about the bug and work on reproducing it and resolving it ourselves. We'll be continuing to deploy bug and exploit fixes over the coming weeks and months as we work on the game, and there should be some coming next week which will resolve some low-level issues which allow players to get through the mesh. Is it going to resolve every method? Nope. But as it continues to be reported, we'll aim to tackle them. I think they're making it too hard. I'm being less and less forgiving on this issue as time goes forward because mm-hmm. the more and more I think about it, there's a lot of 
potentially low-hanging fruit fixes they could do to mitigate. I mean, our tribe member this week just lost their character, for God's sake. Yep, it's and, still a freaking issue. And it was a yeah. classic transferred over, server rolled back before you transferred over problem. No, no, no. He transferred onto it, but then the server rolled back, so it didn't have a saved info. Well, that's what I'm saying. So here's what's stupid about that, okay? I think the problem is when you transfer, like I learned when they when I restored the save files and I shut down Legacy that effectively all the characters are, are stored as flat files in the server directories tree, right? Mm-hmm. When you transfer a character over, I think what's going on is it doesn't bother to write out the character data until there's a save snapshot, right? And so what probably should happen when you transfer onto a server, that should equate to the server writing a file right then and there. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for the next save checkpoint. And then when you come back on, you know, allow a user to restore that file or download that character. Um, that's one possible solution. The other solution is kind of similar to what they which was discussed in the post, which is to, to catalog, you know, these accounts by Steam ID in some master registry. I think that would be the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, most people just want to make sure that they've got their ID. You know, every character probably has a unique ID. That unique ID is to, to allows them access to the imprints. I don't even care about the stats of the levels. Just give people access to their imprinted dinos. Yeah, their imprinted yeah. dinos and their tech engrams that they take the time to unlock. They talk about data corruption, but some of that could be mitigated by backups. I just yeah. I, It's beyond me that, even with the problem going on, as long as it has been, it's beyond me that fixing the problem is such an issue. Like, they yep. should be easily able to go go into some backup folder, pull your character file out, and then put it back done. The fact that it's such a huge issue they had to stop doing it, it's still not even clear to me right now if, if they're restoring characters or not. I've heard mixed things. Yeah, I, know that- I mean, they are obviously making an exception because um, in episode 76, which was last... No, 77, which was last week, uh, character loss was our main topic, and, one of, and there was one particular thread we read about how... Uh, Husband and wife team lost their characters in quick succession, and that meant that their base timer was counting down until they'd lose everything. And uh, at that time, for a full week at least, nobody from uh, Walker responded until recently when when somebody called him out saying, for the love of art, please help this guy, and he tagged Walker, Jen, and Jet. Jet simply replied, someone from our CS team did reach out to him. So nope. they're making exceptions if they haven't changed the rules. If it's a, you know, that was or a pretty... Or he's, you know, full. That was a pretty sad Possible. tale, though. But but the yeah. thing is, when this game, it, it requires such an investment of time. Like, it, it wouldn't be such a big deal if you could, like, you know, get your character stats back, you know, grind mm-hmm. yourself up to a level, whatever. But the fact is, even if you got yourself back up to the same exact level you were before... You will never restore access to those imprints again unless you raise those dinos again and re-imprint them again and come out of it, wake up at hours of the morning. That's the part mm. that totally sucks. Yeah. If I have to start over from level zero, big deal. I'm starting over from level zero, but my imprints are still there. I'm the same Steam user ID. Why can't I access my dinos? It, it, it's counterintuitive. I know there's probably a lot of really good technical reasons. And I know I'm sorry for going off on a rant on this. It's just because it's so relevant to our situation this week. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so many potential technical ways to solve this problem. That's what drives me crazy. And I know that there's a lot of reasons that I can't see because I'm on the outside looking in that make it difficult. But my God, I wish, I wish they would drop everything they were doing and just focus on this issue for a week. Because this is the core of their game. It's seriously the major time investment where you leveling up your character you're unlocking your tech engrams you're raising your dinos and imprinting on them that alone takes up so much time and effort 
Of all the things that people complain about in this game, I think this is numero uno in terms of how devastating mm. it is to its player base. Because it's a customer service issue. It's a quality of life issue. No other major comp- developer out there would let this slide for so long. I mean, losing a dino under the message, nothing compared to losing all your dinos, at least yeah. your imprints on them. And the customer support usually is top-notch for these major companies. I mean, every MMO... You better you bet your bottom dollar they are focused on making sure character losses do not happen. If they do happen, they resolve it fast. Wildcard's solution to this, they're not going to bother replacing any characters. That's their solution right now. That says it all, I think, in that regard. They need to stop what they're doing and solve this problem. Yeah. But, uh, number one request. On the topic of support, Whipples on the Artificial Forums wrote... I play on PlayStation 4 and have never received support for issues clearly described as things they fix or help with. Most recently, I was told twice I would receive support, only to have my ticket closed and a follow-up ticket asking for an explanation closed without any response. Recently, I chatted with a longtime PC player, and they have had the same issue I did, which was resolved within a week and had several stuck-slash-lost dinos replaced. He is not sure why all of my tribe and friends' tickets have never been acted on. Does anyone know if there's a different level of support for PC users that console players just don't get? And if so, is there a list of what wildcard will fix for console players versus PC? Now, Assistant Community Manager Eli responded to this saying simply, PC and console receive equal amounts of support on a first-come, first-served basis. There are no different levels. So I have an idea to help improve this. I'm going to give it to wildcard for free. They need to open Komodo, their ticketing system. Mm-hmm. which is not, it's a pretty common thing to do, right? So if you look at some of the major development efforts, for example, like take, take the Red Hat operating system, you know, there's a ticketing system where you can submit bugs and you can look at bugs that people submitted and you can look at the comment history and you can look at the developer comments on a bug and you can see with the dates that they were looked at, when they were closed, if they were ever reopened. And I think that would go a long way to giving some visibility into the kind of problems people are reporting and the kind of responses that they're getting. Mm-hmm. So do it, wildcard. Well, we already see the, the level of support because the initial launch of the console version, wildcard kept saying, yeah, we're going to be releasing patches for both consoles and PCs in tandem at the same time. That hasn't happened since ever. I mean, the console just got the TLC update last week, I think. I think some of that might have been ignorance of the console release process because I know from my experience with other cross-platform games, it's just well, they're yeah. going to always be in a different but release cycle. Th- the console version has been out by now. They know how the certification process is, but they seem to keep doing the same pro- issue over and over where they submit it too late so that because the certification process is closed over the weekends, so they submit yeah, it on what, Friday, what the chances do. aren't going to be, it won't be out until the following week. Yeah, what they, what they could do is release the patch to console early get it mm-hmm. through the certification process and release it, release it to PC. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of it's just desire to see how things work on PC before they take it over to console because how much of a pain in the butt it is. Or yeah. we're the beta testers. Pretty much. Uh, always the case. Uh, for console users who just got the TLC pass, check out episode 76 where we talk about the TLC pass number one and patch 278, which is essentially what you guys are getting as well with this. Because, like I said... As much as I would love to keep you guys updated on that, we've already gone through it, and there's only so much rehashing we can do before people want to shoot us. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> now, uh, additional cosplayer servers are inbound, and this was according to Jen on Twitter when she was asked, do you guys plan on ever adding more crossplay servers? They're overcrowded and hard to join into. 
Jen simply replied, we will be adding some more servers at the beginning of March. I'll look into the crossplay numbers to see how busy they are. So mm -hmm. more server servers. We don't know how many. So we will see. Now, one person on Twitter asked Jet uh, a quick question, saying, why don't you guys ever set an actual release date for these updates? Many companies pass certification and give their users a release date and a heads up so they know what to expect. And she was asking about this because Jet made an announcement that they passed the certification process and that the update would be coming to uh, one of the consoles or both consoles. I'm not sure which. Uh, Jet responded saying, I understand and am, and am in favor of it. Though the team iterates best in an agile environment where we can push out updates ASAP. Though it could change in the future as we're looking at having scheduled deployments on PC. Might be something we'll be able to do on console too. That was a non-answer. <laughs> they should just never give dates, period. I, I, I kind of disagree in that sense. Yeah. Because they always don't make them in the they, don't get mad. I don't think there's been a single time where they've actually made the date. They will either be late or they'll sometimes be early. And, you know, release it when it's done and all that. I'm, I'm in favor of that. It's just yeah. give realistic estimates. Indeed. The Extinction servers are being rebranded. They're no longer going to be called the Extinction servers. They're going to be called the Arcpocalypse server. <laughs> wow, that, that, was bad. that is cringe right there. That that Is it worse yeah. than what I do? <laughs> I was going to say, it says a guy talking on the archaeologist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the archaeologist podcast... Yeah. I'll admit, if it hadn't been for the fact that you were you were named that the first time I ever saw your base, I would probably find that name more cringy. <laughs> but, like, I mean, within weeks of the game starting, you pick that up. The first person to make the pun gets the benefit of not being in all that cringy because we haven't heard it a thousand times. Whew, all right, I'm safe. All right. All right, so <laughs> they're going to have increased rates. So you get be more, so things can move at a faster pace. I mean, it's what they wipe every month or something like that. Sounds like it's trying to be official. Yeah, reset official. Yeah. So tame and speed will be increased to three times. Harvest and multiplier multiplier will be increased by three times. Uh, same with XP multiplier. Maintenance interval will be reduced by sixty six percent. Baby maturation speed will be increased by three. A catch speed will be increased by three. Baby cuddle interval. Why not just interval? tell us what the actual setting number is going to be? Because, I mean, like, those numbers, I've set all those numbers on my server before, and I have never thought of them in those uh, terms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, baby cuddle interview interval will be reduced by two times. Crop growth speed will be increased by three times. Hair growth speed will be increased by two times, because that's very important in the game. <laughs> well, actually, well, no, if you don't have... There's, there's not much that requires human hair, vanilla-wise, is there? Well, it can't be used as a no. substitute for wool. Yeah, for pelt. Yeah. Still. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to patch notes. It's two, just one patch that had any notes to it, 278.54. And it's an important one. They fixed an exploit that allowed players to get through the map and mesh. Fixed issue where a second instance of certain boss fights could be started while someone was already inside. That's causing the people initially fighting to lose everything. What? Yeah, that was a nasty trick to play on people. Reworked extinction mode, saved nuking to kill subfolders as well. Increased plant projectile damage by 2.5 times. So yes, I'm very happy with this. However, for some reason, our plant axes aren't firing on our official aberration server. And I can't figure out why. Were you testing it on wild? 
Yes, I will set some while I put it, set it to all targets, change the range of it to, from low to medium to high, nothing. So I'm guessing the reason they made this change, though, was just to make Plant X more uh, relevant again in the yeah. area of the turret limit. When you only have are able to place 100 turrets with it every 34 foundations, yeah, this was so definitely say, uh, needed. Grub made a good gamble there with his new Plant X turret uh, mm -hmm. towers. <laughs> yeah, though... At the very least, give Plan X's a knockback ability as well. Give it back to them. Because they used to have a not slight knockback ability back in the day, didn't they? Yeah, oh, they yeah. had that um, glitchy running back effect, you know? No, yeah. no, there's more to it than that. Um, we use this all the time. They actually, uh, they could, uh, if you had two different Plan X, or three to four Plan X's hitting from the right angles, they'd be unable to move forward because they'd be, pushed, uh, be pushing back too hard. I was on a Rex... Uh, towards the end of the Bastardo War once again, mentioning it twice uh, this week. <laughs> and uh, I got pushed off the side of a cliff while I was tanking the X-Plant turrets. I remember mm -hmm. it was one of the uh, it, uh, it was one of the few times when Dan started uh, swearing in Polish, and I was like, do not give me that sh This is not my fault. You told me to where to, uh, where to stand, you idiot. And I told you it was a bad place. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really want them to have a knockback so that they'll be even more crucial. And more attempted to use in a, for base defenses. Now, uh, the rest of these focus on the glider suit. So, projectiles do three times damage to durability of chest pieces with a glider attached. See, I don't... Why? Yeah, wait, it gets better. Um, added logic to translate... that. This doesn't get better. Added logic to translate damage from player to their glider. Added a 10 second cooldown between glides... And then they lowered the glide speed by 40%. So the cooldown is probably the thing that I'm the most salty about. Because a lot of times I'm like trying to jump over a ledge or something. Mm -hmm. And it takes me two or three attempts. Um, yep. But So is, I guess with the damage uh, nerf or buff, depending on your way you look at it. I guess that's going to mean like people aren't just going to casually walk around with wings all the time now. Mm -hmm. If it's so three freaking times. I hear that right? It's three times? Yes, three times. Yeah. So that's going to hurt a lot of the PvP game quite a bit. And obviously this is instantly sparking some outrage. Uh, House of KO said, stop asking for PvP balance and stop asking it, asking for it from Wildcard. And he writes, Wildcard has a terrible track record of manage, managing PvP in this game. Even if you take out the exploits, the PvP in this game is built around a terrible concept of mega tribes and players versus base as opposed to fun engaging PvP. Wildcard. Just give up and admit you guys like to design pretty dinosaurs and scenery, but have zero knack for developing a PvP game. Just throw your hands up and focus on what you're good at. Player base, stop asking for PvP balance. Ba balance this game will never be balanced, period. You know in your hearts that any PvP change you ask for is going to result in wildcard breaking perfectly fun mechanics outside of PvP. Rest in peace, glide suits. Legit fun ruined just because of PvP. He's not wrong. Yeah. Well, this is another case where, at the very least, the PvE community shouldn't be punished for what goes on in PvP. But even then, I didn't realize that the glide suit was that big of a problem in PvP. Or is it? I mean... I've I seen think... some really cool videos from uh, YouTubers showing that they were able to get up to a base because they were gliding, but it was legit. I mean, HOD Game or HOD Gaming has a great video where he got up to a base on the plateau in Smuggler's Pass on the island map that had a base on it, and he 
was able to glide and he luckily got into a little um, ditch up on the plateau that protected him from their turrets. It was just one of those really small blind spots that he took advantage of because of the wingsuit. See, that's why I think the speed nerf is probably appropriate, right? You mm-hmm. don't just like zoom in faster than turrets and fire into a blind right. spot. But I kind of wish that what they had done is make it easier to hit you, like you're a bigger target. Or maybe it's easier to shoot the wings off of you or something than, than to actually nerf the uh, flag. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out, but I'm very skeptical of this one. Yeah, so I uh, actually tweeted to uh, HOD Gaming, or Hod Gaming, saying, you know, I haven't seen the latest patch notes, and he just replied, they ruined them. Well, there goes my fun. It wasn't OP and was hard to aim the dive. I honestly think it was skill-based. Oh, well, back to parachutes. Ha-ha. And I'll, tr- if I remember, I'll try to post uh, this one video I was just talking about. Uh, is, is, this is, cool. the, uh, is this the upcoming, or is this one that just went through? It just went through. Well, I'm about to go test it myself, because I'm about to go... Uh, <laughs> I, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, just, I just hatched a, uh, a bunch of uh, uh, rock drakes, and I need some, uh, need some more. So uh, I'm heading over to, I headed over to my app server to go do that. And I'm hearing <laughs> you say this, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this is gonna be unpleasant, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, Sapid State uh, left a comment in one of the threads saying, "Not gonna say a nerf wasn't needed, but cooldown between glides is excessive. Was so useful in getting unstuck. Thanks to whoever came up with an arbitrary ten seconds. Three times damage is also a ton. Going to add useless micromanaging, taking the suit on and off so your chest isn't instant wrecked. But I guess it will help against suicide rocket glides." Speed nerf is whatever. I'd say that's the only fair compromise to help official PvP without hurting other modes. But seriously, I understand over nerfing is easier to scale back and psychologically feels better than a bunch of nerfs back to back, but I have zero faith Wildcard will go back on any of these changes, so time to get used to the watered down version of one of the best additions yet. I'm praying I'm wrong and they do something about that awful cooldown. Five seconds at most, please. So I guess that is a new meta is carrying two sets of gear at all time. And just switching back and forth all the time. But yep. if they set up the cooldowns in an intelligent manner, it shouldn't matter if you uh, take it on and off. Yep. So uh, another comment. Booze Horse said, dumb, 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 dumb. I usually I, stick I to... think that was a good that is a good assessment of the, uh, of the problem, I think. <laughs> I usually stick to making long, lengthy posts about better content or balance, but I'm going to call out stupidity when I see it. This is, in classic Walkart style, a misguided, gross overreaction to a problem that could have been solved in any number of ways. But as usual, Walkart has chosen the blunt sledgehammer of nerfs rather than the delicate scalpel of code changes. You have effectively crippled one of the most fun uh, fun aspects of Aberration to deal with a problem you already solved in the past. You've dealt with C4 suicide runs before, and you reasonably handled them by limiting the explosives, the key problem of the issue. So why on earth couldn't you do the same thing here? I don't see people getting super upset and limiting the rocket launchers and C4 so they can't be used in combination with gliders. The blowback knocks your glider off. You can say, any rational would be fine. It'd be a sight better than ruining that wonderful soaring feeling of gliding through the caves of aberration, one of the key highlights of any playthrough of it. It's not too late on this. Change it back, find a better way, one that doesn't destroy one of the more magical experiences of your newest and most impressive map. So yeah, in PvP, one of the the new metas is that using a rocket launcher while you're gliding to take out turrets. It works, it's been very effective. Oh god, this is horrible! Yeah, I was gonna say, this this sounds like grief or salt to me, to be honest. Um, Mm. But I I haven't No, no, I just took off and I am... I I feel like I'm slower than a Quetzal. Yeah, 40% yeah, I gotta, I gotta try it. 
So I, I'm going to reserve comment too much before I have a chance to try it. Sir, about it on my own, but um, <laughs> I mean, at the same you know time, what? I we... have, uh, I have. Co I, it's not called that uh, that officially. It's the actual thing is ice slush. Don't use uh, server slang, especially when the server slang promotes drug use. I hope. <laughs> This uh, least... it's a thing that it's a it's an item I have bro because of one of my mods that boosts oh that's is um little better it's back to normal oh well better than nothing you know I gotta say though I'm doing the dive towards the um towards the Drake caverns I can really appreciate the beauty right now because I'm not going at Mach three <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say I always thought the gliding was a little on the fast side mm. just a little. You know, but I don't know if it was like deserved that. I, much I would honestly, I would not say that die was any faster than had I jumped, just jumped down. Yeah, well, they almost effectively cut the speed in half. Well, I, I gotta say, at least from the perspective of uh, just flying through the cavern looking for eggs and stuff, um, this, this is uh, a lot easier. There's time for things to load in, and I mean, mm -hmm. I can see what I can see what they, the, I can see the problem though from the PvP uh, from the PvP side. This is. This this is this would ruin any mechanic you had that was based on the fact that you could go really fast and approach from weird angles. Yeah. See, the the only thing Wildcard just needed to do was like they do with dinos when you put C four on them, they get slowed down. Do the same thing if your rocket launcher is out or you've got C four in your hand or on your body, lower the glide speed by the forty percent or even fifty percent. Otherwise, let it be the same. Take remove the. The three times damage to durability and all that, and the 10 second cooldown. Get rid of those. Just penalize the people that are using, utilizing the explosives in this manner. It's problem solved. Yeah, honestly, that sounds about right. Indeed. Well, it is now time to discuss revealing revelations of Rex proportions as we parachute down Arc Avenue. Now, as I said earlier in this podcast, the beautiful gamer says, just a public service announcement for console players anyway. Not sure if this applies to PC, but two nights ago we got incited, but not in the way you would actually think. A member a long time ago gave his details to a tribe member for imprints, etc. The insider logged into his account, invited his personal account and two friends into the tribe and kicked everyone, including the member of the account he used. Now they could do what they wanted. Luckily, I was raising a giga and had to imprint a at 4 a.m. and interrupted it, but they had over two hours to mess with our base. Most of our weapons taken or killed, all our gigas gone, rock elementals, 10 turret towers destroyed, huge farming area gone, a lot of damage. So the PSA is, if you give your details to other tribe members that you think you trust, when you leave that tribe, change your password. The guy obviously still plays, and we knew their server, so we were going to go hit them. We heard literally hours ago that they got ally raided, something I usually despise, but in this instance, karma. Yeah, don't give your passwords out, people. Period. The only people in our tribe who have my password, uh, I, I mean, they were people who I, I, I literally, uh, I mean, they're people I would trust with my banking information if I mm -hmm. needed to. Yeah. Yeah, but you're missing the point. Like, let's say that person who you totally trust writes it down on a notepad so they don't forget. And then their computer gets hacked. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's always a security hole there. Yeah, true enough. Indeed. Though, I have to say, in this case, the person who stopped playing the game really didn't have any personal need to change the password and all that. Though, it's kind of bad that they didn't do it in the first place if they gave out that information. But something like that, you can't really 
do much about. But in terms of being insider, what are some warning signs of somebody who might be a potential insider? Well, um, the first time I was ever insided, uh, I mean, I, I should have seen it coming. The stuff, the, some of the stuff the guy was saying uh, uh, about, like, he was giving me way too many details about his personal life. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like he was oversharing. It just was, over I mean, friendly. It, you know, the, it doesn't, he, he wasn't a compulsive oversharer. He was just oversharing on certain things. Mm-hmm. And it, it should have raised a red flag because, you know... People who overshare, overshare about everything. Yes. Um, so basically, look for inconsistent behavior patterns. Uh, and don't give people a lot of... A, uh, but the main, the, the biggest, best protection against it all in the end is don't give people, um, you know, too much authority until you know them. The first yeah. time I got incited, I had no security whatsoever on my internal tribe settings. Granted, we were the designated peaceful tribe of the server, who, uh, who uh, nobody messed with because we were harmless. Mostly <laughs> harmless. So that's the uh, one guy still. in the tribe that was so bloodthirsty that he had to be held back every now and then? Just when Kex was making children cry. <laughs> so, we had a couple instances where there was potential insight in our the start of one. And two of those instances were, as we said last week for regarding Beautiful Gamer... We're Irishmen, and I'm not saying anything <laughs> against Irishmen. Hey, I got Irish blood in me. Just you know, actually, just, one of those two know. guys, he didn't. He he. Uh, okay, the one guy didn't actually uh, uh, inside us. We ended up kicking him for um, different reasons that I'd rather not go into. But right. uh, it, we were so, afraid he would inside us if we didn't. You know, he knew we knew, and he knew we weren't happy, so we were concerned he would inside us, and we moved a little faster than we might have otherwise. Right. And the other guy. The the warning side, and I, I would say this in generally most cases, he was very keen on going up the leadership ladder fast. You know, and when somebody starts talking, especially from the get go, when they've been in the, started just been in the tribe, saying, "How do we become a leader? What do I got to do to become the leader?" That's a warning sign because they're trying to gain your trust, get that leadership position, and then gut you. Especially I, when the first time they ever asked about promotion, my exact answer was. Okay, look, here's how I assign promotion in, in this tribe. Find something that needs doing, it's not being done, and do it. Mm-hmm. Once I know that I can trust your judgment to find those things and get them done, your position will raise. Why? Yeah. Because I reward people for doing useful things, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't like giving orders. <laughs> now, this particular person was kicked from the tribe eventually over other issues, uh, harassment of a some people are in other tribes on the server, and he tried using his position in the Alpha tribe to pressure them a bit, which was yeah. When I found out about it, I uh, did what I people got to see me actually be vengeful for the first time mm-hmm. ever. When I put him on our roof, kicked him out of the tribe, and then brought every single one of his dinosaurs to, uh, to him, our roof was covered in gun turrets. Yep, <laughs> and his dinosaurs were personally owned. Yep. Now, I, I he think... did eventually inside another tribe after he left uh, ours, which I thought was hilarious, and I was glad to... Yeah, didn't that almost fall him. back on us? Almost, but the fact that we, you know, talked with them... Oh, yeah, again, yeah, we brought, the in, politics... we brought in the person that originally got uh, that, or, that originally brought the concerns to me about him harassing them yes. in the first place, and uh, everybody loved that person, even people who just met them. <laughs> uh, Leg Day, you were saying? Well, I mean, just to get back to what the signs are... You know, I mm-hmm. I think it takes a certain personality type, and it takes somebody who's super disgruntled 
and has supporters around them. That always helps. Is not a requirement. Yeah. But someone who thinks that they've got no way to fix the problems that they're complaining about, or they just see no other solution. They haven't been given solutions or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm not trying to say the answer is like, well, make sure you listen to your people and you find ways to make them happy. Nah, I'm just saying mm-hmm. that that's it's an attitude that they have about themselves. Like, there's I've got right. no choice. You know, I you know screw these people. I'm sick of them. They're not listening to me. You know, kind of thing. Exactly. Be when they feel like aggressive. they've been wronged in some way. But there's another point that we're not really addressing here because there's 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 when that happens. But there's another kind of inciting that's even worse, and it's one. I'm a little, um, well, I'm, I wouldn't say ashamed uh, that we use it, but it's not exactly one of the things I'm more proud of. Mm-hmm. I used to say, when we when, back in the old days, we'd try and set up inside routes into other tribes, just in case. It's usually a matter of intel, but... See, we call that espionage? Yeah, here's the thing. In the end, we never... Man- uh, anybody we turned, usually, uh, because everybody sort of knew that if you sided with us, we rewarded you for... Uh, we'd reward you for it. People mm-hmm. tended to be willing to go the extra mile for us, and eventually I started making the joke before we went into a, a fight. We don't need to worry about who's on the, about making sure we have an insider. Why? Because we already have one. Well, who? I don't know yet. <laughs> oh, that's the thing, because a lot of the times was the tribe we were going to war with were on the wrong end of the war, where they weren't justified in doing what we were doing, or, Since you know... The victor says the victor well once again history is written by the victors what can i say well in the case of the one war that we were completely wrong in our reasoning for going to war the one against PETA. i mean our intel was bad on that one flat out we were right to go after avengers PETA, however as it turns out from better witnesses later when they when they when they were brought into the conspiracy their exact response was are you kidding i'm not suicidal and leaving the uh, leaving the voice channel Mm -hmm. that that, we didn't know that at the time, obviously. Um, but so, no. during the war, they but got it was a very started, logical and started conclusion. recruiting people. One right, of the but... people they recruited, we promptly, well, three of the people they recruited, we promptly turned to our side. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're talking about inciting as a tactic, and I was thinking yeah. more like inciting as a disgruntled reaction. Well, right. I mean, there's they're, they're very both different. Things, but I mean, and then there's the worst one, which is uh, inciting as vengeance, which was basically how we lost uh, Server 8 uh, uh, before everything went down. Was it vengeance on? So, dude, on... I had a conver- I had a conversation with the man. He flat out told me from the day he 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 started uh, uh, talking to Hit- uh, Hillers again. Oh, he was okay. always planning it because just was... like he told me he was before he left the tribe. I thought we're going super inside baseball. I here. thought you meant Hillers, okay? But quickly... no, Hillers. He had no idea, and and, and I've been but told this quick, directly by several quickly. people. They exploited. Uh, they exploited the hell out of his want to be friends with everybody. Yes, it, that was the downfall. When one third of the triumvirate was essentially turned, there's only so much you can do. But no, I mean, the the fact is, the guy from the moment we brought him back in, this the, everything it was all according to plan from that point forward. Of course, because he was a little snake. By the way, Bear Claws, how's it going? If you're listening, huh? You still got your tri- oh right? You keep getting wiped and losing your tribes. Seriously, Guess you're God, not making listening. that community. I don't know. If See, he is, I'm, I'm, I'm actually over it for the most part. That's why I wasn't going to drop the name. Oh, well, it keeps getting brought up. <laughs> well, no, like, okay. Um, I found out a, a few days ago uh, that some people who were involved in that were about to be attacked. Had I still had a communication line to them and it not been too late, I would have given them a heads up mm-hmm. simply because I don't care about what happened anymore and they're just trying to enjoy playing the game and does does me no harm to warn them. So... I laugh because 
even after they incited us, they still couldn't beat us. So they incited us, and then they attacked us when most of our players that were still in the tribe were either on vacation or busy with work in real life that they couldn't do anything to help fight. And yet they still had to bring in outside help, outside server help, to eventually wipe us. That's the and, funniest uh, frankly, thing about it. that ties back to the PETA thing, because as I said to him uh, during the attack... I can't exactly be angry at you for this, but man, why do you have to be helping them? You're why they're going to win. <laughs> oh, it didn't help that I wasn't on when they finally made their final push. And I'm pretty sure they waited for that day, too. Yeah, they waited for that day because there were all of six of us on at the time, and we were mm. all, and that was everyone that could be on at the time. And they knew I didn't, uh, they, they knew we didn't, uh, I mean, I, uh, we held them back for a while. We were fighting. Uh, we were we were out fighting them naked in the snow. But yeah, there were they outnumbered us, and then they brought in good players. <laughs> I'm never gonna nag multitasker or any of his people as not being good. They are really good at what they do. They, I mean, multitasker annihilated me anytime I poked my head out of a door. Yep. All right. So uh, let's get back to the topic. Uh, another thing to look out for is. If somebody is always insisting that they be separate from the tribe, whether they ha whether it's a, a separate base, separate room, something really out there. I know um, because we were good at politics and most of the time people liked us on our server we ran or controlled, we would find out if somebody was trying in our tribe was trying to do something shady, such as in one instance... Another Irishman. I am sorry, beautiful gamer. This is not against you. This seems to be how it happened for us. Tried to build a secret base without anybody in the tribe knowing. And he was for pressuring a smaller tribe to help him and keep it secret. That got him instantly kicked out of the tribe and put on the kill site list. Well, I wouldn't say instantly because we waited for him to log on while I was standing in his base. Yeah. Because <laughs> we wanted him to know. But, um... Here's the, there is a thing, though. There's also the fact that this same behavior, there should be someone in your tribe, if you're big enough, that is separate from everybody else. That is mm -hmm. off and hidden, and most of the tribe doesn't know what they're doing most of the time. But somebody does. Yeah. Like, we had a couple of people who were... They were members of our own tribe who didn't fully trust uh, trust them. Because the only thing most of the tribe had to go off was, was me saying, No, I have reports on everything they do. Everything's copacetic. The moment they miss a report, I'll let you know, and then we can worry. Mm -hmm. But as long as uh, that's basically the difference between their the thing about that, that kind of person, they're your security guard against an insider because the insider doesn't know where to go to get to their stuff, and therefore you can store backups of, uh, of your bloodlines, backups of gear, mm -hmm. backups yeah. of everything with them, and they <laughs> can uh, and they're your lifeline basically. So that goes into your number one defense against the insider, the ranking system, the tribe settings. Those are crucial and something you need to set up. It takes a little time, takes a little finagling. A little time, three months in and we still didn't have it right. <laughs> but it is worth taking the time because you'll save yourself a lot, or at least at the very least, minimize the amount of damage an insider can do. Always can... have some area of security that's only accessible by tribe leaders. Right. And never have just one tribe leader. That's another thing that most people don't think about. Never, and this isn't to say that don't have one person that's an ultimate command. Always have multiple people who are absolutely trusted to each other, who can cover for each other. Mm -hmm. You don't want your best gear locked behind a wall because somebody's off at, uh, off at chem class. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to make a similar comment that I think maybe one of your de- your best defenses is not trying to spot inciting, but to have contingencies in case it happens. Mm-hmm. I know we had uh, multiple backups in certain areas that were kept secret uh, that couldn't be accessed by the lower-ranking members, only those who had complete and utter trust. But once again, actually... it's, it's really hard because one day it, things will be fine between you and everybody else and all of a sudden another day one particular person feels like they've been slighted in some innocuous fashion and decide you know what i'm i'm done i have been insulted i've been passed over and they just I don't leave care. the tribe and then all of your guns start opening up on your bloodline dinosaurs mm-hmm. never have tribe owned auto never have pl- per, a player owned auto guns even if you use pl- personal ownership yes. or everything else always make sure all of your defenses are set to tribe ownership. If yep. that means one day you have to pick, you have to change your tribe settings and then go around to every base, pick up every turret and set it back down again, do it. Which we had to do for one of the guys who planned to inside us or try to backstab us. And they had, and this was, uh, they had against orders, against tribal orders, decided to offline raid an ally or another tribe on the server with five gigas and one other person with them under false pretenses. And that was unacceptable. But after they did it, what they then did was they picked up turrets, reset the turrets and the turrets were in their name so that if they were kicked or they left, all those turrets would have killed every single dino in our possession and us as well. Luckily, we noticed it when that happened and switched well, them back. To be fair, I had this anal retentive need to double check to make uh, before we pressed buttons like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, somebody go and check the turrets. Why? Just in case. Uh, they all belong to person. Yeah, that, uh, okay, then let's fix that and then we'll kick them. So, By the way, we're now on a time limit because we have no idea when they're going to log in and this needs to be done before that. Yeah. Now, turrets, obviously, structures obviously have to be tribe-owned with only your trusted builders being able to build and demolish structures. Well, demolish. Demolish, uh, yeah, true. And only give out the demolish ability to people when they're on and when somebody's on to watch them if you have to, or watch your tribe logs, make sure nothing funky is going on. However, dinos are hit or miss. They could either be set to tribe-owned or personally owned, and there are pros and cons to either. With personally owned, only the person that owns them can really do anything with them. With tribe-owned, your leaders or their leadership or people who have access to claim and unclaim can do something. And it uploading and downloading. Uh, yeah. that's a problem with personally owned. If you need to bring, and if you, know, exactly. you need to go get stuff from your breeder, everything is personally owned because we haven't you haven't gone through and switched them over to tribe-owned. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, if if the pros and cons to either or, personally, I'd say. Try to balance it both. Give a small amount of dinos to be personally owned, but the majority of them be tribe-owned. And obviously, a lot of the stuff, it matters more the bigger you are. Yeah, definitely. If you're still small, you can uh, you can often operate on the trust scale, but always, and this is why I had this reputation, whenever we voted on bringing new people into the tribe, I always said no. Mm-hmm. You don't, uh, you never, even if everybody seems to get along and the person seems like a perfect fit, it's going to change dynamics and weird things can happen. Be very careful when you bring in new people because especially if, you know, your existing group has been there for a long time or you all know each other in real life and now you're bringing in someone you met on server or whatever. You never know. Always be cautious. Mm, indeed. All right. 
let's move on to our next topic, and that's bees. So, for some reason, this past week, there were a couple of uh, bee-related Reddit threads. Though one of them was deleted, and that was titled, Any Ideas Giant Bee Defense Project? And they were talking about what they've been working on. But then um, somebody named The Division underscore Builds dubbed themselves the bee warlord let the pvp games begin and he wrote i've been working on a small project with hilarious results involving giant bee queens and her bodyguards in order to make an army here's what i found out so far point one having her set to aggressive will result in her spawning drones constantly once you double whistle attack this target they spawn drones constantly and drones will attack them repeatedly die or not sometimes the type of target can yield different different results and may not always attack worked on a stego with whistle times two Next point, drones don't need to be around the queen. Box her in with the below setup that allows drones to still get out. If you weigh her down, the drones won't move. She must be able to move, but you can dodge that but by just boxing her in the housing below. Compact design, able to put on platform saddles. PvP friendly, metaphorically, just to take off your enemies. Use a roof as safe space and is smaller. This makes it so that the drones can eventually climb while chasing a target if stuck inside the box. They'll always end up coming out. You may have different results without, without the slope ceiling, but be sure to update me the results. Anyone willing to come to our private PvE rag server is welcome to help test, etc. Just PM because I suck at building and sinking foundations. And um, he posted a picture of design and said the simple design. Three depth foundations sunk. Sloped roof must be bottom most at the top. The top ceiling must be placed on a wall that was placed on the top foundation. Remaining walls must be bottom most foundation. Keep on aggressive and if need be, you can focus targets with whistle attack this target. They should continuously attack and spawn. After dead, replace them back on aggressive to make sure you have drones ready. You may need to whistle two times, but after that, it should be butter. Now it's an interesting design. Makes me think of like a little bunker, really, with a slight opening at the top so ah, they can fly. Stupid twenty ten second timer. <laughs> well, okay, so still on that subject. <laughs> okay, I don't like this. I don't like this a lot. So uh, we've talked about months ago, and then just recently over the past couple podcasts that we've been still working with bees and experimenting with them, and. One of the, the biggest drawbacks to these guys is the bee AI. So you put them in aggressive, you weigh down the bees. I usually It usually takes about three stacks of stone to fully weigh down a queen bee. But when they're on aggressive, yeah, when anything's in within their targeting range, they'll spawn the little bees. But the bees just stay there. They're not going to attack, even though it's on aggressive and they should, in theory, be attacking the dino that they're spawning to fight against. But it doesn't happen. Now, if you are hit... By an enemy or a wild dino within the vicinity of their aggro range, they will swarm out like bats out of hell to attack, which is awesome to see and watch. The, the, the real question is, and I've been trying to test this, if, tar if the turrets fire, will they react the same way as if you were being hit within that radius? Initial testing seemed to indicate that was true. I grabbed an auto turret because the plant X's weren't working or weren't firing for some reason after this new nerf or patch. Placed down an auto turret, put it on medium, started shooting, and the bees actually came out the first three times I tried it. Went to a different turret tower we had with the bees in it, did the same thing, no response. So I don't know what's going on or if the the BAI is so wonky. It's really frustrating because these are very useful, I think and defending your bases and helping you to buy time and prevent offline radius from getting there, breaking in too soon. Can't wait right. to see them test it. 
<laughs> right now, the theory is that we need to maybe add in a bunch of Pelovias set in different ranges as well to jump up and attack invaders or attackers that will also then set up the bees as well to help them fight. But there are a couple other things, issues as well, such as the bees themselves, there aren't, they aren't very slow, fast flyers. And it's really frustrating because they could do quite a bit of damage if they're able to. I mean, one of the things why we wanted to reuse them was because, as you know, attacking bees uh, in the wild, they knock you off of your dino. And we're hoping that that ability still carried over to when you tamed them. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case. They don't knock the player off of their dino as far as we know. Though I, and I don't even know if they still slow down attacking dinos as well. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I don't know. It's pretty frustrating, but it just it's fun trying to figure out ways and turret designs to... I love how, like, so many critters, their awesome special abilities are just gone the moment you tame them. Yeah. Like, somehow they're struck with an extra chromosome or something. <laughs> I know Solo uh, recently had to deal with some bees when he was uh, off-server attacking a base, and he said simply, uh, bees are really slow. The aggro bees in the base under this tribe's replicator, when they blew it, he was able to climb, pick up the wall and out, and they couldn't catch up to him. And climbing up a wall with picks that's kind of slow yeah that's disappointing but um so the poster who calls himself the the bee warlord uh somebody asked how do you handle their food do they eat from troughs and i quickly answered yes the bees will eat from the mop heat so the bee warlord didn't even know that said he had to test it but yes if if they're in the hive mode they're gonna you gotta put the rare flowers in their inventory but if they're not in hive mode, and they're out and about where you want to use them to spawn. Just put a trough next to them. They'll eat the meat. It saves us a lot of problems, especially when we put them on the turret towers. Now, the way we've been designing our turret towers is, obviously, we do, what, two by two. And then we put the a little one by one attached to the outer exterior of the turret tower so that they're protected from being sniped. But the bottom is open so that the... Bees that are spawned will come, fly out from the bottom and attack whatever's in the range. Now, obviously, this means that somebody with a rocket launcher, can, if they're able to, can quickly run up to the turret tower, look up, and shoot it into the, where the bees are. But, you know, them's the brakes, and you can always um, try and stop that with Pelovias around those turret towers as well to stop the attacker from doing just that. Or set up little barriers so they can't just run up to the tower and blow up and kill your bees. So, yeah, a lot of things still working on in PvP. It's just, it's tricky. And I think I'm going to have to do a, a TLC post for the bees so that they're, at the very least, their dino AI can be improved. Adam, like that, you've seen it. You've seen the test. What have you thought about the queen bees so far? Well, I, I think it's got potential, but I really want to see it under real-world conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like at least a funny idea, if not a very effective one. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm, like I said, I'm hoping it'll be effective strategy if we can just get it right and if it can work properly. Rico, like, I'm what? thinking, I was going to say, like, mm -hmm. getting trapping someone in a bear trap and getting hit with bees. I could see it being kind of uh, aggravating. <laughs> well, I don't know if the bear, if somebody gets caught in a bear trap, will actually get the bees to come after them. That's something we'll have to test as well. Still That'd be pretty theory. cool, though. Yeah. I mean, you're, you don't really mess around with the bees but have you ever thought about using them for fighting um well not and not uh to be uh, not in any specific way because 
I have other, uh, like, uh, I have S-plus on my server, so if I want to knock people off their dinosaur, I just put flame tur uh, flamethrower turrets wherever I need them to be. <laughs> that'll, knock people, that'll knock people off and make the dinosaur run away in terror. Yeah. I think I might share some screenshots in our Discord channel, let people see what we're trying to work with. And then uh, it will spark some more creative inventions did they, and designs. Did they increase the falling damage on Aberration while I wasn't paying attention? Not that I'm aware of. So I used to be able to take. I, I used to swear that there was like less gravity on aberration or something because I never took enough falling damage. And now I kind of feel like I'm a giga. I, I, I trip. Uh, I, I trip over a one millimeter rock and break my foot. <laughs> no, as far as I know, I don't remember anything in the. Hmm. Uh, are you wearing a glider on your chest piece? Yeah. I wonder if that might be doing something. Maybe. Because you take, what, three times extra damage? I thought that was the durability, durability. to three times more yeah, damage. Because yeah. you, uh, you take, uh, the glider causes durability damage to your chest, please, whenever you dive. See, so there's that one line I briefly brought up in the patch notes saying, added logic to translate damage from player to their glider. Well, I, I noticed this la like last week was when I first started noticing I was taking more damage than I was used to on Aberration. Oh, never mind. My, that throws my theory out. Thanks a lot. I was trying to be clever. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm a jack. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're closing it up there. Just a reminder for listeners, new and old, we have the new Arc Avenue segment where you can ask us Arc-related questions and ask us for advice. If you do have any, give us your questions in the comment section or in our Discord channel. I'll provide an invite to the channel in the comment section below if you would like to chat with us or hang out. Because it is time to close out episode 78 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye, and stay alive, survivors. Be careful. Ugh. Ow. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it.